0: Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Michael Teep about what to do when your leaders struggle to perform. Michael Teep, welcome to the conversation today. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Connecticut. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah, and today we're going to be talking about what to do when your leaders struggle to perform. Uh, We talk a lot about leadership on this show. We talk a lot about what to do with team members who aren't performing, but we haven't talked a lot about what to do with those who are leading who aren't performing, and this is a really important question, and frankly, I think a lot of organizations are struggling with it. Um, it there, There are layers of leadership, and so There's always, you always are accountable to somebody. Um, Even if you're the CEO, usually there's a board you're accountable to. And all the way down the hierarchy, there's always people you're accountable to. And sometimes um, leaders just aren't doing what they need to be doing. And that can be a difficult, challenging conversation to have. So we're going to unpack that and explore that together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Michael's bio with everybody. Michael Teep, since 1994, has been conducting business, and personal effectiveness design and delivering training, coaching, and train-the-trainer programming, also training strategy development for a wide spectrum of clients. He works for global corporations, leading training firms and universities, as well as small and mid-market businesses. Mike has obtained unique and relevant market experience in helping companies achieve their goals. Training globally provided him with a rich understanding of cultural differences, as well as global experience in train-the-trainer skills. Uh, great background. Anything you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on into the broader conversation?
1: Well, thanks, John. Yeah, um, I'm really your people development partner. So what I love to do, and particularly in the leadership space, is to come into organizations, what's the challenge or what's the journey you're on, and make positive difference. So that could be anything, any training solution, uh coaching bringing your C C level together, all those wonderful things. So it's a great, it's, it's nice to be able to contribute like that uh, throughout organizations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun space to be in and you know, it's, it's, it's a high impact kind of a career. uh, I always think because you're not only impacting, you know, if you're coaching that individual you're coaching, usually they have influence and they, they are responsible for teams, Um, And so there's ripple effects, or if you're doing training, or certainly train the trainer where they're you're training people how to train people, Um, there's all these ripple effects. And I think there's a high potential for strong positive impact within organizations through the type of work that you do. So I appreciate that. And like I mentioned in the intro. Uh, I think most organizations need more of this, and it's it's a hard thing because when budgets are tight and the economy is not in a great in great shape, mm. this kind of stuff is often some of the first things that companies get rid of um, to, to to cut back on budget. But man, it's it's probably when they need it the most.
1: It is, yeah. Um, it's not seen as an investment unless the leadership gets it already. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They've already been exposed to what it can do to just to have your leadership team or leaders or your people talk about culture in the right way. Uh, And that's highly interactive, their thought process, and bringing them, connecting them with what they need to do. You know, where am I, Mm -hmm. where's the organization going? How do they contribute? Because people, unless they understand their purpose and find their place, they're Mm -hmm. lost at best. uh, Complain in the middle and leave at worst. Yeah. So, you know, it's and, I, and I've actually found that people tend to engage with me, uh, those that have the vision and, and want to help their teams grow. But I usually I start with, oh, there's a there's a need. We need to revamp our our values, ethos, purpose, structure. We, we have this leadership program we want to run globally. And once they see it, then it's like, ah, oh, it's a light bulb. Oh, OK, I can see how this could be useful. So, yeah, that's that's how I like to work with very organically with organizations. Yeah. I'm not selling one product, and and nor should anyone. It should be about what's needed, right? And in the leadership space, it, all the situations are slightly different, but there are certain yeah. techniques we can use to help people connect to it.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And before we really dive on into the topic, I want to double-click on that for a minute because that's really, <laughs> really important. <laughs> you know, you, you see i think unfortunately too often you see these off the shelf solutions that are presented yeah. you know from consultants or agencies to organizations and the problem is no two situations are exactly alike every context is a little bit different so even if you know i'm doing a a train the trainer you know at x x company yeah. you know in a particular industry a particular size you know a particular makeup and then I move on and do a train the trainer in a in Y company, very similar demographics, same industry, yeah. you know, same size. It could seem easy to think, oh, this is just an off the shelf solution, no customization needed, and and everything's going to be great. Um, in my yeah. experience, though, there are always nuances. There's always contextual differences, and you always have to make adjustments. And if you don't, um, you may not actually be tackling the real problem at hand you might be addressing surface level issues but you're probably not getting at the root causes of of the challenges that organizations are facing
1: yeah it, you know you're actually adding to if leaders are already struggling you're adding to their problems by mm-hmm. getting them to do more administration run out a global program turn up you know do a, a speech at the beginning then they've got to do all these one-to- ones afterwards and did that really solve the problem so it's a double-edged sword isn't it yeah John yeah. you know you need you need some consistency so people understand the main things. And, and what it is, if you can pull the models that are best practice over time, which is I love to do that, pull a model, and then you apply it to the real situation, mm-hmm. that's where the gold is. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't like to do off the shelf, um, but what I do is something I can do something in mid-range. Where I'm, I'm not sure. going to recreate the wheel. There's a best practice for yeah a coaching model is a coaching model. So if, if you've yeah. got leaders who are struggling with coaching, actually talking and asking questions and a more authoritarian, you know, tell, then I will pick that and then apply it. How does this work for you? Um, how can you bring it to life? But I don't want to change the person into robots. You know, I don't want leaders All they all follow the exact same process over and over again for how they communicate with their employees. It's just, like you said, it's uh, it's very vanilla and you don't achieve, the, what we want, what do we want from people, right? We want them to be proactive. We want them to connect to purpose and give us their full focus and energy when they're at work. They're not going to do that if you're, say, do this, do that. You know, yeah. when a leader, then, when a um, leader says uh, jump, we don't want everyone to say, "Well, how high would you like me to
0: jump?"
1: <laughs> it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And unfortunately, that's a too common um, kind of mindset, I think. Uh, for a lot of yeah. leaders and for a lot of organizations, anyways, I just wanted to briefly emphasize that I, I really appreciate, um, you know, you're articulating the need uh, for some form of customization and making sure that what we're doing actually fits the the context that we're in and is mm-hmm. applicable within a particular set of circumstances because that's really important. Okay, now let's drill in, and I want to talk again more about what do you do with leaders who aren't performing, and to start off this conversation, I wanted to share an anecdote. So, uh, this was a few years back in in Utah. Um, we have what's called Silicon slopes. It's a pretty vibrant tech scene. Um, we call it Silicon slopes, uh, because there's mountains, you know, and we're in a Valley and, and it's, it's very vibrant, akin to Silicon Valley. So that's what it's kind of been termed. Um, and there was a major tech company that I was doing some work with, um, you know, global tech firm that's, that's headquartered. And, uh, they, they were dealing with a challenge and, and really after, uh, trying to understand what was happening, they were losing a lot of good people, lots of turnover, like hmm. in one division, uh, a disproportionate number of people leaving good people, people with good performance. Um, and as we drilled into it more and more, what we found was there's this one key kind of mid range executive over that division. Um, who was incredibly problematic. <laughs> and right. it went on for like two or three years. And they just mm-hmm. kept on losing good people, losing good people, problem spreading, problem spreading. And it it really took two or three years before this was something that the organization was ready to tackle. And you know, I certainly this is something I had thought about before that point in time, but that just hit it home to me so clearly how much good positive influence a good leader can have over teams of people, but also the disruption they can cause Mm. and the harm they can cause if you have someone in a leadership position who is not performing, not doing the things they're supposed to be doing, and in in some ways actually causing harm and and actually hurting the teams, hurting the organizations, and certainly the individuals who end up choosing to leave to get out of that environment. Um, So I suspect when we all sit back and reflect, we've probably all experienced some level of that in our working life. Um, where you've seen less effective um, hmm. leaders uh, who who may you know despite whatever their best intentions might be maybe they're they're mucking up the works a bit or causing problems or or you know just making things more difficult than they need to be. Um, so that that's the question is I guess first like how do you identify that? So if I'm you know in this particular context that I was just describing this tech firm you know this this kind of mid range executive over a division you know. He reported to somebody, and yeah. it was lost on them for like a couple oh. years so yeah. so there's a problem there. like how do you make sure that you're tuned in and aware of the problems that might be happening from people who report to you, the leaders who report to you, um what mechanisms are in place for, say, employees who might be caught in a bad system in a bad yeah. environment? Uh, and then how can you either make a change or proactively coach and mentor that leader so they can turn things around and actually you know, fulfill their leadership potential so that they can have dynamic teams. That's a lot that I just
1: shared, but yeah, I wanted I mean, to share you know, that as kind of an intro. Which one of the 15 would you like me to start with, John? Um, <laughs> right. Because uh, so there's let's let's break that apart. Right. There's the there's the leader that should have noticed. Right. We have very privileged positions. We come into organizations usually when something needs to be fixed and um, and in a better position is, hey, we want to drive something forward. But this is where something needs to be fixed. And we're, we're usually late to the party. Mm-hmm. And when we talk to those leaders, the ones that were in charge and, you know, we feel should have noticed or should have been looking for signs throughout this, they often say, oh, well, you know, it wasn't too bad. Or the work was, you know, something was good and they let it slide like their work was really good. The results were really good. And then they let the communication slide, yeah. Or it's really they notice it quicker when they're not getting the results from the division. Does that make sense? So it's very measured mm-hmm. and results focused. The brain, mm-hmm. um, and also there's a lot of doubt. You know, a lot of these leaders would say to me, and I'm sure to you, Jonathan, in your work, is <laughs> is that well, with hindsight, I should have dealt with this earlier. So there's something that they're like, hmm. And usually if they've heard a grievance or something, they tend to need more than one situation in order to feel that they could bring it up, let alone do something about it. So there's a little bit of caution around, don't want to upset anything yet. Who's right and who's wrong? So there's too much doubt in that mindset. And, and And that's from a leader's point of view. If you're struggling with that, is always well what am i one-to-one saying what what is the what is the culture that i want all my leaders how do i want them to communicate with their people um you know when they bring up ideas are they judged and pushed to one side that's one of the biggest ones how does a how does um, a manager receive effective challenge from their employees it's a big mm-hmm. sign um so there are key moments in communication But what they're not doing is thinking about, well, okay, oh, I've got, do I deal with this situation? Could I make it worse? They're in an away state. They're like, it's my job to make sure that this area works well. And I I can see something here, I'm not quite sure what it is. So the caution is I won't do anything until it becomes serious. So that's the human mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to you running a, that's what I've found when we find running a division. What we need is someone in a curious state. Oh, that's interesting. Well, perhaps I should have a good conversation with this leader. Hey, you know, what happened here? How's it going with the communication? And then you need to set up your organization, as you mentioned. You need um, ways to see this yourself, the feedback loop. Are there skip level meetings in your organization? Do the, are the teams allowed time without their manager to express it? And we see those mechanisms in, you know, the employee survey, for example. Everyone's filled in one of those. Um, And you're like, ah, nothing's going to happen on this. You know, it's anonymous. But really, it is batched into areas, and they do take it serious. It's difficult to see trends. Well, yeah. (laughs) Let's just just say that, you know, they're like, oh. So that's, um, for example, I'm doing some work on, how managers receive effective challenge it's top of mind at the moment. It's a big project uh, across a, a, a large financial institute out of New York. And their employee survey really showed that I don't think my managers supportive. And I'm like, mm, okay. And it wasn't that much. It was still okay, but it had mm-hmm. dropped. Mm-hmm. So they scratched that itch and, and they went back and they were like, okay, well, let's interview a few people. Let's be curious about it. We don't know what the problem is yet. We don't know how to solve it yet, but we can ask some questions and ask in that general area. And they found that they felt they were being dismissed. Whenever they brought up an idea It was either we've tried that. It doesn't work. We haven't got time for that. We need to drive ahead. And -hmm. you can understand those pressures. Every leader knows that pressure. It's like, we've got to get this done. Pressure, pressure. But it was affecting How and people were leaving people were saying well you know there's an uptick in in um people leaving the, the company and exit interviews are another great indicator so you need some way to get the feedback in you can do it formally i personally prefer the the level up meetings the coffees and asking really good questions yeah really good questions um And those questions have to be exploratory as to around the environment. um, And you can use some of the employee survey questions as well to do that. That gives you a barometer. And then you compare that with your manager. You you have to have conversations with them. Um, And I find that saying things like my expectations of you as my manager is to be open, to be uh, inclusive of ideas and 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 you, you can actually give them examples where you've seen that hasn't worked so that's where i would start because it doesn't cost a lot of money mm-hmm. all it does is we're changing from being defensive to a future state curious i wonder what's going on here and having a little scratch around without feeling like i don't know the answer being very open about it um which is not what we feel we're paid for as leaders is it so yeah. Yeah. I, I was having
0: a conversation yesterday with kind of a mid-range executive. Um, and and this individual was facing the common challenge that I think a lot of leaders face, where they just felt felt like they're spending the vast majority of their time putting out fires constantly. Um, mm. every day it was just putting out new fires. Uh, and so we had a nice conversation around like strategies um that he could employ. To start being forward looking and proactive and setting up a context, um, creating an environment um, where he can understand what's happening, be curious, and and in that proactive sense like you create an environment where you're actually undercutting the fires before they ever happen. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it takes time. It takes extra energy. And, and sometimes you don't feel like you even have that time to invest. But if you can start to carve out the time to do that, even in small chunks, then little by little, you can start to see the fires reduce a little bit. That frees up some more time that now you can invest more time into it. And there are always going to be some fires. That's inevitable. But if you feel like you're dealing with fires all day, every day, and that's all you're doing. And you're constantly in crisis mode. If that's how every day is, every week, every month, then I think that says more about your leadership style and your approach in, of engaging with your people and the type of communication that you're having than it does about the actual nature of, you know, the 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 circumstances that are arising and the fires that you're having to deal with. Um, nobody yeah. should have to deal with constant fires every day And uh, even in challenging times there, there should still be a mix of like forward thinking strategy and visioning and those sorts of things, creating the culture, sustaining the culture mixed with the nitty gritty of the day-to-day things that need to get done, addressing the problems that arise, et cetera. And I don't know if you've experienced that, but it just seems like so many leaders get caught up in the grind and just end up spending all their time putting out fires. And ultimately that, isn't going to get you to a place of high performance, high productivity and, and, and innovation, you know, yeah. so you can do cool stuff. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm working right now with a couple of CFOs COOs, and i am tended to find that I've noticed since COVID, because that's, that's when we overloaded on crisis. They're all running around dealing with crisis. They're not strategically thinking. And I'm like, you have all this experience, you know how no. to do this. Yeah. And, and, I was having a conversation with a, a CFO just this week, and she was telling me that, well, actually, Mike, you know, I like I like a crisis. My mind works like that. And I said, No, I think you've been you've got used to it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and people are you're getting praise for putting out the fires, so you're not concentrating. Why does every conversation have to be an urgent one around crises and deadlines? Yeah, you know, to me, a crisis is not something that needs to be. If it's not needs to be done this week, it's not a crisis. It's it's a bit like CNN. Sorry, CNN, but not everything can be breaking news. <laughs> right. <laughs> remember when the there was an aeroplane, one of the Malaysian aeroplanes, a terrible incident, but it was like breaking news for days while they were trying to work out. And I was sitting there going, I, at some point, I need to calm down and think about my work. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's it's the it's the breaking news concept is just. Just what is the one priority you need to focus on? Let's get back to being strategic about it, right? Um, you, you hit on something that I it,
0: yeah, you hit on something that I think is really important. Mm. It's the dopamine hit that you get from putting out a crisis yeah. and people praising you. <laughs> like yeah. if you really can get into that pattern in the habit of just thinking, this is the way I function. This is the best way, and I, I'm, you know, i'm I'm getting things done. i'm I'm solving crises. um, but but it's not the most effective way. Uh, to go about leading a team, and I, I've also noticed I've seen some leaders who you know have taken a bit of a political hit because they they put so much time and energy into creating the environment, the culture, mm-hmm. doing the the legwork behind the relationships and building the trust and all that stuff that then creates a humming you know fine tuned machine you know the the humming team that just mm-hmm. moves along, and then you know it can in certain circumstances. You can take a bit of a political hit as a leader because now people are are looking at you and they're like, "What do you do all day? I don't see you putting out fires all day like I put out <laughs> fires all day." And you know, I've seen those types of dynamics arise from time to time, and and then I ask myself the question, "Why? Why? Why? What is it about like society that makes us think that the ideal wow. is putting out fires all day?" And there's a lot we could unpack there, but you just hit one example of like the breaking news in mm. in uh, in the news. Um, I think of like a popular show suits have you ever seen that show
1: yes yeah yeah, yeah. so suits <laughs>
0: is an example if anyone's seen that show it's popular right lots of people have seen it um everything is a crisis in that show every last episode there's like major mm-hmm. crises every minute of every hour of every day and that's not how the that's not how a real organization should work uh and so anyways people see that and then they start to idolize it and they see oh a great leader is someone who can you know put mm-hmm. out those fires constantly, and I think that gets reinforced in organizations. It's not a healthy
1: mindset to have in how we approach our leadership. No, they're being disrupted. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. they're being disrupted from doing the work they're paid to do and mm-hmm. and then then they're feeding off of that. You get the dopamine release. so when when do leaders struggle? They struggle when they get disrupted. yeah, and they they often lose sight of the overall arching goal. Or the problem, and work on that, and work on the, you know, um, they work on the crisis at hand, fixing little things. Really, you've got a team to do that, so (laughs) you know, and and also how you deal with the team and asking them to think about their crises as making things better, Mm. rather than you have to get this fixed because we're, you know, we clients are waiting for it, blah blah blah. Let's make this better. Let's do this the right way, the first way. So let's take some time. So actually what you're doing is like a pendulum swing from overreacting right through to underreacting. Oh, well, we, I'll ignore that crisis. It's not important. That's what people do. They mm-hmm. like, well, these crises aren't important, but these are. I'm going to work on this. But we want the pendulum to swing into the middle and get adaptive yes. calm so people can scenario plan. You know, it's, it's actually part of psychological safety when it comes to your the culture. Do you have an area where people can look above the parapet and I think, oh, that's interesting. What's going on here? And that's where we get the better results and longer lasting. If we don't have direction and North Star, um, oh, you know, is, is it safe to fail? All of those things. When you become disrupted, you're struggling. It's when those things are less. So we have to spend around, spend time, actually more time, not talking about the problem, but talking about how are we communicating? Uh, going back to your culture point. Uh, you know, become become the driver, the forward momentum towards the North Star rather than get crisis. And, I, you know, that's that's where a lot of leaders struggle. Um, yeah. And that's just one area, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Michael, I know the time, I need to let you go here in just a minute. We've only scratched the surface. There's so much more we could dive into <laughs> on this topic and related topics, um, but we're going to have to leave it there today. Before I let you go, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Great. Thank you, John. Um, Michael Teep, you'll find us our website. It's teeptraining.com. If you Google Teep, T-E-A-P-E, it's the first thing that comes up. I can't even avoid you even if I tried. So I'm there. <laughs> the best way to get in contact with you is LinkedIn or send us an email from there, and let's talk about your, your challenges. Your What's your people development challenges? Love to find out, um, give some hints and tips from what our work over the years. Uh, you never know, it might be helpful. So that's where I'm with that. And my final thought on, on leaders as they're struggling is that they're human beings. So it really helps to give them maybe an independent person or allowing them to look above their day-to-day Filling out the reports and the crisis is that. Let's just take a moment. Yeah, let's look where we've been. Let's look. Let's let's see that see the forest for the trees. So if we could provide them that moment and ask them how they're doing, but really asking them how they're doing, we'll get more people back on track uh, and feeling good about that and less stress as well. So that's my thought on that, John. Well said,
0: Michael. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Michael and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and please join us again soon.